Last year around this time, we participated in a thing called the Clergy Letter Project, which is uh, something that ministers from multiple faiths and denominations um, sign on to in an effort to promote the awareness that science and religion can get along. They can coexist. They're not mutually exclusive. And um, to raise the level of debate and dialogue on that topic. Next... uh, well, next Sunday marks the fifth observance of the Clergy Letter Project. But as I had mentioned earlier, next week we'll have Mac McCarter as our speaker. So I wanted to, at least in some small way, incorporate the idea of evolution um, into our service today. Some of you may have been around when we had Michael Dowd come do presentations from his uh, book and lecture series, Thank God for Evolution. Uh, just for the record, I brought some DVDs um, of Michael's, if someone would like to check one of them out or uh, take them home. Um, you're welcome to. I'll be glad to loan them to you. But my intention this morning is to try to move from evolution to the left and then to interdependence. I'm sure that for at least some of you, this idea is going to be a duh, unless, of course, I am totally wrong, in which case, feel free to tell me after the service. Um, But recently it occurred to me that the whole of evolution is about organization. Matter organizing to form all the whatevers that matter is. Maybe even some of the whatevers that it's not. All its various forms. Things beginning simply and becoming more complex as they progress generating new associations, drawing more and more into their organization until eventually some forms had the capacity to, at least in some ways, determine for themselves the way that they would organize. The process appears to be perpetually continuing, uh, and on some levels... uh, well, on more levels than we can possibly attend. Perpetual, I guess, is relative. But Michael Dowd, who I mentioned a minute minute ago, um, said, we are the universe becoming aware of itself. I think that's a wonderful thought. I really enjoy that idea. And we learn more and more about ourselves and our environment all the time. The body of available knowledge grows all types. 
science, history, literature, fine arts of all sorts. The types of networks we establish multiply as our awareness of the inescapable connections between us increases. Our social, societal structures change over time and from time to time. Change and adaptation are necessary. Whether it's fungi and algae coming together to survive on land as plant life up from the sea, or whether it's us learning to merge on t- into the traffic that's ever growing on Uri Drive. Adapting is essential. This week in uh, Northern and Central Louisiana Interfaith meeting, one of the lead organizers, Perry Perkins, said a critical part of organizing. One of the key principles is all organizing is disorganizing and reorganizing. If the cycle of disorganizing and reorganizing stops, the organization fails. I personally do not know if the disorganizing piece of this holds true for nature. I don't know if things have to disorganize before they reorganize or if they simply kind of mutate, whatever that means. But it certainly does hold true for all of those units we have grown the capacity to choose for ourselves. Even the models around which we organize voluntarily change. Um, I was recently at the Southwest Unitarian Universalist District Ministers Conference. Isn't that catchy? Uh, the The theme speaker for those several days was a man from uh, who's on the faculty at Harvard Divinity School, named Dan McCannon, or McCannon. I heard it pronounced both ways. Um, he has a nice article in this winter's UU Magazine. If you want to read. Um, a little bit more of the kind of things he shared with us. For our conference, his topic was finding our place as Unitarian Universalists in the history of the religious left. And he defined the left not in terms of the way we see it these days as a political um, identity or even as liberal but rather as those seeking major change. He traced universalists and Unitarians through the abolitionist era, through the social gospel era, to and beyond the civil rights era. The path was not nearly as tidy and broadly traveled as we might like to think. Um, There were divisions among memberships. 
At one point, some churches refused to exclude slave owners from their membership. At one point, some uh, favored war and the ministers who took a more radical stance in favor for in, or pacifist stance from their own spiritual path lost their pulpits and lost their churches. Years later, the association would come back and make an apology for that and also include statements about the rights and honor of conscientious objectors. We've examined war, each war, on its own merits and have had divisions within our denomination on most occasions. At each turn, there were a few on the cutting edge who led the way. Sluggishly, larger numbers would follow. The democratic principles in which we so believe make it a little difficult for us to move in mass and make major changes quickly. They prevent us, well, we not only bring our faith to social activism, but we bring social activism into our faith. It was in that position outside the group, separate from the mainstream, that the left enjoyed power. Unlike now, when that which is described as the left is assumed to align more fully with one particular party and is taken for granted as supporting those candidates and causes, by remaining outside of, an, of any party identification, cause-based groups grew up, won power and leverage, while politicians jockeyed for their votes. As a matter of fact, it was the Baptists working with James Madison that got freedom of religion into the Bill of Rights. They assured Madison they would vote for him if he assured them freedom of religion. He did. They voted for him. We have the Bill of Rights. The Baptists were the left at that point. As I mentioned, that model of the left steering from outside the pack is no longer an effective means for generating change. In our breakout groups at the conference, we came to recognize that cooperative models that are more highly interconnected and organic 
are where new solutions for the future will have to come from. The interdependence and need for co cooperation that we now stand for as a religious movement, the interdependence and need for cooperation that we have discovered in our physical world is beginning to show up as absolutely necessary and there whether we like it or not. In systems, networks, and organizations is the model that we have to become capable of operating in. It requires a very mature spirit. Part of the necessary adaptation will be maturing enough, evolving enough, psychologically and spiritually, to move beyond the kind of independence that we have often developed in reaction to circumstances whether it was a negative experience and we formulated a whole lot of identity around that, whether it was the war in Vietnam, whether it was um, parents who didn't understand us, the things that we reacted against, we have to move beyond. That kind of independence is not mature. It's dependent on those things outside of oneself as something to respond to or something from which we develop our identity. A mature independence has enough within itself that it doesn't need outside verification. If you're pressing my buttons, the responsibility lies with me. That's about me. You may have some undesirable characteristics, but if you're pressing my buttons, it's about me. If I'm pressing your buttons, it's about you. We have the ability to respond if we have responsibility and select the way that we will interact with each other. Reactive interactions don't build interdependent systems. As Stephen Covey notes, interdependence is a choice only independent people can make. Dependent people cannot choose to become interdependent. They don't have the character to do it. They don't own enough of themselves. Interdependence is a far more mature, more advanced concept. As you become truly independent, you have the foundation for effective interdependence. You have the character base from which you can effectively work on teamwork, cooperation, and communication. Admittedly, I still have areas in my life in which I have not reached mature independence. 
I still reply to some outside stimuli without full ownership of my response. If somebody cuts me off in traffic and I run off in the ditch, I'm going to blame them for my response. But what I do with it is my responsibility. Now, those people that have walked around for years now with bracelets of what would Jesus do? There are people I can call up in my mind who I admire by the way that they handle themselves everywhere they go. And if I think of those people, it can change my behavior. It make, it, that's still outside referencing, but it makes me stop and look at myself. We're more comfortable with our own trash. Have you ever noticed that? Recently, I went into a used clothing store. There were stains on shirts and old shoes and stuff. Some of it was really cool stuff, but I didn't break it in. That dirt wasn't mine. And I found myself less willing to wear somebody else's dirt than the old torn-up tennis shoes I have at my house, you know, that may have holes in them or, or be falling apart and filthy-looking. But that's my dirt. I know how it got there. It's a part of me. I'm a part of its story. It's harder for us to see our own weaknesses. We get comfortable with them. That's why we need each other. When we have a loving community in which there is great trust, we can have the kind of conversations where we're honest with each other and don't worry because we're not going to address someone disrespectfully. We're not going to carry that conversation places it shouldn't be. And we're going to be honest about the things that we see and feel. As an intentionally diverse religious community, we have years head start on developing the kind of tools it takes to exist in an actively interdependent world. Interdependence is absolutely a part of our life on the planet and with the planet. Interdependence is how our, how our social networks are moving. Even if you look at things like the Internet... not necessarily organic although I guess in one sense it is but it's a network it's interconnection it's interdependence those webs permeate everything we do even if not that one some of them 
Interdependence is what we need to be developing in ourselves. Whatever it takes to grow us to the point where we can operate that way with each other honorably and teach others, model it for others, that's what we need to be doing. The solution for our planet, for successful social strategies, and for personal growth lie with interdependence. How we organize matters. <laughs>